Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, that's DDD NFL on Twitter, and of course, follow the group at UK Packers on Facebook and yada yada yada. It's schedule release day, so there's going to be a bit of podcast activity, but I kind of wanted to get ahead of the curve because it's going to be pretty busy here at UK Packers HQ. Here is here is the rundown. Here's the lowdown on how it all goes on. So the schedule gets released, then I jump into um, a meeting, uh, plans. The battle room, I tried to make it sound dramatic in my head there and nothing came out of my mouth. Um, so me and Ben sit down from Touchdown Trips and we kind of look at various dates, pricing to make sure, A, um, it's going to be a great trip as usual. There's availability tickets and everything else. And also, we always try to push the price down to as absolute lowest as we can get to try get as many of y'all over to Green Bay. A couple of considerations this month, or this year I should say, um, is the fact that COVID is still hanging around people's necks. An awful lot of the young'uns, like myself, uh, don't get vaccinated till at least September or wherever you're at. Some places are even slower. So, you know, it's always a not very popular time to go, uh, September. And as of recording, it's been released that the Packers are going to play away at New Orleans. Um, so really, we're not into the stage, I don't think, yet to do away games. We have done them and facilitated them, but we like bringing people to Lambo and getting them to see the mecca. So that's where we'll be going again. So that's where our heads are usually at. So plan of action. Schedule will be released tonight or early in the morning over here. Um, and we will then jump and try finalize a number of probably different options. And then I'll discuss with Ben which one makes sense, as in the price point, the lowest price, uh, which is more popular of a game, uh, more action-packed of a game and everything else. Every game in Lambo, by the way, is always good. And once we have that locked down, I will send out an email and it'll be all over socials. So make sure you follow at UK Packers on like Twitter, Facebook, whatever. And ideally get on and be a subscriber um, to the podcast would be great. But also to the newsletter because that's where all of the detail will come out. So usually the process is, is that I'll put a page on the website with all of the details and also touchdown trips and Ben's details so that you can contact Ben directly to book. It's usually a landing page at Ben's website because it's so popular of a trip is that we get our own page on his website. That's usually how it goes. So look, an awful lot of questions start flying in around this time of year. You know, what game is it? How do you pick the game? Can I go to different games and all that kind of stuff? All those questions uh, will be answered. But an awful lot of the questions are around, you know, can I go on my own? Do you facilitate, you know, people who are on their own? What's it like? So with that being said, I did a fantastic podcast with a guy called Rob Hogan, uh, who's a fellow Irishman. I didn't know him before the trip at all. I spoke to him briefly, which I can do. I can give you my number. Scary. Uh, and I'll ring you up and we can talk about it, uh, which is what I did with Rob before because he had a couple of concerns because he was going on his own. So what I did was is after the Lambo trip, I dragged Rob into the podcast studio and literally fired questions at him as to what his experience was like coming over on his own, the sort of trepidation he had doing that and the fact that he didn't know anybody and all this kind of thing and how he got on over there, what he thought the trip was like and him summing it up at the end. So if you're in the same boat, uh, you want to come over, your partner isn't too fussed about it or is, but they don't know what's involved. Um, well, then by all means, listen into this podcast that's coming up. So the plan for the rest of the week will be is to work out those details. I might jump on 
um, and do a podcast even as early as tomorrow, run through that schedule, run through what the initial thoughts are. But again, do stay tuned to all the socials. Anyway, without further ado, this is a podcast that was recorded in November 2019, I think. Um, so if you want to see what a trip is like from the viewpoint of a person who was going on their own for the first time and didn't know anybody, uh, well, then you're in for a treat. Anyway, speak to you soon. Here it is. Meet the flag. Well, the novelty hasn't worn off from being able to play this thing, hear this thing, and then talk to the person without having to pretend that we can't hear it. Because everyone has to have kind of an Oscar before I go uh, and invite them on the podcast because they have to be good at acting. Not the point. Will the novelty wear off on that thing and will I stop mentioning it? No, probably not. Um, so my next guest, and again, it's kind of a co-host. It's me, the fan, but it's not really. And this is a guy that, uh, you know, we became blood butter brothers. We bonded well and... Anybody listening to the podcast from here on out who likes Irish accents is about to have an absolute eargasm. For the people that can't understand Irish accents, uh, they're going to have their translator out. This is a man by the name of Rob Hogan, and he was an absolute hit on our Green Bay Packers tour. Rob, buddy, what's going on? How's it going, Steve? Thanks for that intro. I did actually have to... I was going to bring a translator with me on the next trip, because uh, <laughs> one of the lads asked us, it was myself and Jason in a taxi on the way over to... Uh, the airport on the morning of the trip and he yeah. said how come I could understand you last night but I can't understand you now when you're together <laughs> it's, just, it's the slurred speech after a few spotted cow it's amazing <laughs> uh, we're really playing into the stereotype now aren't we I'll just have you know what I haven't got an Irish music sting but I'll add it in after I mean you can have a Rydell jig I was going to say to you we should you know because there was a guy um and I was going to mention him by name, but I'm never too sure about if people want to admit that they like the podcast. Um, and I was going to say to him, he loved these the Packers limericks. And I was going to task you, Rob, with coming up with a Packers limerick. Um, to but I just think that's too Irish. Um, yeah, and did you get did you get that in Green? Them. Yeah, but that's yeah, we can't spring that on someone. <laughs> um, but did you get that in America? People go, I love your Irish brogue. Do you get that? Oh, all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there was one woman sitting in front of me, and she said. Could you just keep talking, please? <laughs> As she derobed. Um, yeah, I yeah. said, <laughs> the same ticket. She says, no, no, just keep talking. <laughs> I used to get that at the at the UK Packers meetups, which we're having a lot of this year, by the way, which I still have to try organise a meetup for Glasgow. People keep asking me, um, oh, is the Glasgow meetup going ahead? The short answer is, I've no idea because I'm trying to organize venues and they keep turning me away. Uh, you know, like G before Jesus was a baby. But Rob, <laughs> there's a reason why we've so many patties on the Packers Patty podcast here. It's because uh, you kind of stood out to me as obviously a great talker, um, a guy with a lot of stories. Um, so I just think, you know, what better person to have on? Because the thing is, is have we been missing for like, I say a week, but it's actually two weeks. Yes, it's because I was sick as a dog getting back from the trip. And you know what? It wasn't the drink because it was actually the most healthiest I've ever been over there. I don't drink a whole lot and people find that hard to believe. But the spotted cow, it must be the hops or the atmosphere or maybe just the copious amounts drunk that I just break through that pain barrier. You know, like the kind of lactic acid thing when you're doing a marathon. If you can break through, you can carry on. I feel like I got to that stage with drink over there. So it was great. Um, so it was fine. I don't know what it was. It was the flying or something when I got back. I was dying. And not yeah, to be I think it was to... the jet lag more so than yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, yeah. The, the the Miller Light I think was the same. Myself and a few of the guys had Miller Light all weekend, and it just seemed to dissolve nicely rather than <laughs> end up with a headache. Yeah, I don't know. It just becomes part of us, and it gives us a healthy glow. Um, Although someone once said to me, he said you don't get a hangover on holidays; you only get hangover when you're at home. 
<laughs> it must be dealing with consequences when you get back like bills <laughs> parenting you know the usual um but yeah look you're the perfect example really because i wanted to do a recap show i actually wanted to do a show um in green bay now i got a lot of footage and my partner joan was there so she was to pick up stuff on the instagram and all the rest but i always have the i always bring all the audio gear but i never get m- my finger out and be you know recording stuff and all the rest because it's always late or i'm kind of worse for wear or we're up early or i'm organizing stuff because you know contrary to popular belief people think that it's a jolly whereas for everybody else it's a jolly but for me there's a bit more kind of organizing that goes into it and that's exactly what i'm going to talk to you about rob you yeah, came over you on your own well i'm glad i'm glad it showed you know what i mean the steam yeah, well, coming out my ears it's very obvious actually to be fair yeah by the disorganization and the lack of answers no i, I hope that oh, i hope I get <laughs> thank god um so yeah i guess i wanted to get you on because what I always say to people, and I don't know if this re- it's it's always sticks at me. If I wasn't running the UK Packers um, and doing the trips, I don't know if I would come to a meetup or if I would go to a trip. And I'm always very, you know what I say, like, if you're writing a novel, write about what you know. And I find that with organizing meetups, I think I try to put people at ease that we're not yeah. a bunch of psychopathic weirdos and you're not handing your cash over. Because first off, the cash doesn't come to us anyway. It's nothing to do with us. Yeah. We're not travel organizers that go straight to the people that organize a trip for us. And we know it's not as if the money comes to us and then we sort of give him a cut. It goes straight to him. We just have to organize it through a tour operator uh, so that we get everybody over and we have a reliable amount of numbers. So you're in Ireland in the middle of uh, Tullamore in County Offaly. Mm-hmm. And right you, in the middle of it. Yeah, so you, you have this um, aspiration to come to Green Bay. What's going through your head, Rob? Myself and my wife had said for my 40th last year that we would go, but then um, we got the good news of our second child was on the way and it was coinciding with Rose being pregnant around at that time. So we said we wouldn't. But having said that, I had seen um, on Facebook the UK and Irish Packers group and had uh, joined it and it was only when I started seeing all the pictures and photographs and videos of you guys being in Lambo the last time that I was kind of like, this is actually real. People really do this. And even the impression I got from looking at whether it was right or wrong was that there was a lot of people who were not familiar with each other, but seemed to be making friends along the way. Now, myself, I was one that I would travel on my own. Yeah. But as you know, and as Ben from Touchdown Trips could uh, certify, that I had an awful lot of questions about what it's like traveling on your own and what exactly goes on. Because if I was going to be putting uh, money towards it this year and like that, as I say, we've two kids, so every penny is precious. But yeah. if we were put, putting myself in the trip, I want to make sure I was going to get the best experience I could for the money I was putting on. When I go to see Lambo, I wanted to get in every little detail I could and all the trip, uh, all the, oh, can I put it, to get every aspect I could out of Green Bay on one trip so that if I go back again, I'm going to be able to go, right now I just want to relax and watch a game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know what? And that all resonates with me, I think. And that's what puts the pressure on me, I think, when it comes to the trips, is that I know, first off, as you say, people have different circumstances, but a sort of recurring theme and what you picked up on is right. An awful lot of people do go on their own. So they kind of look to me or look to the group to say, like, here's a dream I've had for 25 years. Can yeah, you not ruin it? <laughs> so it's kind of like, uh, sure, yep, do my best. So that's the thing is that I'm very conscious. And I know with yourself, me and you spoke on the phone um, before you came over. I hopefully answered your questions about coming over and put your mind at ease. So. Um, yeah. And like, I've got a lot of emails to and from with you and a good few, not as many now to Ben, but a, a lot with you. And all the time I got an answer back very swiftly, which I was very appreciative of because... Um, 
particularly after I booked it, because at that stage I had excitement levels that were getting higher and higher as the trip got closer. <laughs> well, like with that as well, with my own personality, I've always found it like I have a little bit of apprehension to make sure that everything goes well yeah. and goes smoothly. Um, I'm not a very good traveler. I don't like flying and everything like that. So I didn't want that to be an aspect of overtaking it. Hmm. Um, and whether I'm jumping the gun on the chat here or not, but even like the likes of the travel to London, to Chicago, then from Chicago to Green Bay, and then from Green Bay back to Chicago and Chicago back to Dublin, it was, for me, it was smooth. And, you know, I forgot about it, which was lovely because it really meant I was able to soak in what I was there for. Yeah. And and this is the thing is, you know, those ads were like uh, Mandy was paid a gratuity for whatever. Like <laughs> just to, just to clear up for people, um, Rob is certainly not going to uh, is not being paid for this. Not I don't know, Rob, not unless you had different expectations and you're expecting the sort of, you know, a PayPal to ping your thing. No money missed. Um, but the thing is, <laughs> is that uh, hopefully what we get here is, is we get finally a kind of a comprehensive guide on, you know, traveling on the trip alone and just how how you felt about it from the beginning because i think you're you definitely stood out more so because you're a fellow paddy which is great um but also the fact that i could sense that you were like right lads <laughs> i want this to go well you know don't screw me over here um with this type of thing and not, not that that's i guess not that's the way you were but i know you had questions and you had the same questions that would run through my mind and more um if yeah. i was coming on the trip so you were like the epitome of me if i wasn't running the group <laughs> so it's it's great to see so look what I'd like to, I guess what we'd like to get across to people is, is that if, you know, if you're coming on a trip, normal to be apprehensive, it's normal to go on your own um, and it's perfectly fine to ask a bunch of questions. Um, and as well as that, yeah. so the travel arrangements that got to me, especially this is more so as an Irishman, because I think uh, some of the guys from the UK, depending on where they're coming from, don't really have it. We had to fly from Dublin to London and then stay overnight and then go from London uh, to Chicago and then drive from Chicago. I didn't find that too bad, Rob. I don't know about you. The only thing that concerned me was is that when I went and I got to the hotel, which was uh, amazing, uh, the Holiday Inn, uh, if, if I remember yeah. right, and you want to go, eh, uh, we, you know, we got you a nice room uh, right beside the runway. And I was like, oh, yeah. great. And then I was like, hold on a second. Planes are noisy. <laughs> so I was kind of apprehensive. Yeah, we were but... told we a lovely view and then went up inside the runway. <laughs> <laughs> just see all this jet fuel spewing out in front of your window fantastic uh leave leave those windows closed but it was fine the the hotel was great and we got to sit there and have a few pints but that that's the thing as well is that before the trip we have a whatsapp group which is not everybody's bag because it's certainly i don't know about you rob but a noise do you ever get added to those whatsapp stag oh, yeah. groups and it's just banterific yeah. from the very beginning but this was actually one i was looking forward to joining yeah you know, I was, uh, again, I think it was Ben had said it to me one of the days, and I think you said it then later on. So I was waiting for the WhatsApp group to be added because yeah. I just wanted to, at least then, I, I knew then you could kind of throw out more questions and um, you'd always be one or two who will jump in right at the start of it and say people that had been there before. So you could kind of, I don't know whether latch on to them is probably the right term or not, but you could just read it, scroll through, see what people were recommended to do and so on. Yeah. And there was actually one lovely moment um I found when we were sitting in the hotel in London, um, myself and one of the lads from the UK, we were sitting chatting and then another Irish guy, Jason, came along as well. And uh, Phil, I think it was that we were chatting and Phil had booked uh, the history tour, um, the trolley tour. And we went around the table that were there after pulling in a couple of tables together and everybody seemed to be doing it so there i went on straight away and booked it and then jason went on straight away and booked it and then ken that night when we went back up to the room yeah. ken booked it 
Yeah. So it was just a case of, oh, cool, you're going and you're going and you're going. And these were like four people that I had only met that day. And in Jason's case, only a couple of minutes earlier. Mm. So it was just I felt straight away like, yeah, this is a trip and a group you want to be with because everyone was kind of saying, come on, you have to come on this one and we should do that. And there was a real sense of unity there as well. And even the simple things like getting an Uber seemed to be a, went through the WhatsApp then. I, you know, someone had put up, I'm in the lobby, is anyone coming to... Green Bay or coming down to the stadium and whatever because I've been calling an Uber in five minutes or have one booked or whatever. So yeah. there was that real uh, community and looking after each other's uh, sense of the weekend as well. See, that's what I like. And I don't know whether it's, I don't think it's an Irish thing because I know the Paddies, like we've always been, I don't know, you know, we go to a foreign country and then we go, oh, there's a lad in an Irish jersey and then we become best friends yeah. forever. You know, it's always that kind of way. Yeah. And maybe I think it is a British thing as well. Like we kind of all uh, click together, but I don't even think it's that. It's it's really odd. I think it's it's a mixture of, it's like what they say, you know, when you're in, in secondary school or high school and you go and you're kind of lumped in with a bunch of lads to become your best mates. But it's kind of when you go on to college um, or and I know it's it's different in Ireland because we have the whole ga thing. It doesn't really exist in Wicklow. Um, that's something that only an Irish listener would get. Um, but yeah. you know, because we don't really bond over. Well, we bond over misery and not being good. <laughs> um, but it's just you know like-minded people, and I think that's what happens on these tours too. Is that I'd love to be able to take credit for it and say, oh well, it's just impeccable um, organization. But the thing is, I think if you're going to come on one of these trips, especially if you're going to come solo, I think you're more open. And maybe you can answer yeah. this better than I can. You're more open to wanting to do things with people and everyone kind of clubs together. And, uh, you know, we all love the Packers. We all have, we all have, look, it, you, I don't know about you. And it, again, maybe it's an Irish thing that we can just talk a mile a minute, uh, which people know from the podcast. But I find <laughs> that um, you're never short of anything to talk about because I know you had, uh, you know, two beautiful little kids, a devoted wife. And then on my side of things, it's nearly identical. Uh, the only thing is, yeah. is, you know, we have different genders of children. Uh, but apart from yeah. that, we could go back and forward on it. And you had an awful lot in common with my partner, but then some of the lads had kids and all of that type of stuff. But if all of that fails and some of the guys don't have kids and all that kind of stuff, you always have Packers or football or NFL in general or sport or music. or Like, it's amazing that there's never anything short to talk about. I don't know if you felt the same. You could bounce from person to person and never well, have an awkward silence. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, I felt like I got to know everybody on the trip on the same level, if you know what I mean. I didn't feel yeah. like I was anyway more connected to one above the other by the time we came home. Um, and I remember even using uh, saying for Phil and Vicky that were on the trip, and again, I hope they don't mind me calling their names, but uh, when I was on the way from Chicago to, just after I got off the plane in Chicago, my wife had WhatsApp me to say she had been in the doctors uh, late at night with my our young man who's only eighteen months old, yeah. and uh, that his temperature had gotten to forty, just over forty, I think, at that stage. So, and he had been unwell two weeks previous to that. Mm. And so I would had to say to Rose, "Look, I'm leaving uh, the the airport now, and we'll be at the hotel in three or four hours. So I'll catch up with you then." But I was very anxious. But Phil set, stepped in, and I'm sure Vicky was nudging him along the way as well, and just said, "Here, Rob, we've loads of data. Tether to my phone. You'll have." whatsapp the whole way so if there's any change or if you want to just check in and i just thought that was one of the nicest things you know on trips or on holidays or whatever it was one of the nicest things that's ever been ever anyone's ever done for myself because it would have been like three or four hours of pure worry and anxious and waiting yeah. to get to the hotel to be able to see how our little man was doing but it was just symptomatic of the whole weekend as i say it was it was lovely and I, again i say for myself to travel by myself and the intention would have always been for myself and my wife to go yeah but when it wasn't happening that way this time off because we sat down and said, look, it's for various circumstances. It might not happen next year and it might not happen the year after. 
So Rose said to me, Rob, you just go on your own. And there was a little part of me, and I've said this to Rose, so I don't mind saying it in the podcast. There's a little part of me going, okay, well, you know, for my first time, I'm quite happy to go on my own because yeah. you, you, for one, you know you're either going to meet like-minded people and or adults or else you can kind of set your own agenda and go and do whatever you wanted yourself. So just make sure you get the best experience you want out of it. The one thing I learned from the trip was that from my mind, you know, there's 27 people on the trip and there was some who had been there before, but of the guys who hadn't been, they all had the same agenda as me, which was soak up as much as you can, relax as much as you can, have a few beers when you can, watch a college game when it comes on, spend as much time down around Lambo and the atrium and the pro shop and the stadium view bar and all these places as you can. And so it was so easy to mold in having gone on my own. Yeah, because I find that as well, because John, uh, you know, more frequently comes to some stuff with me. And I'm sure Rose is the same. Uh, you know, yeah. the ladies can fit in. There's other girls that, that uh, you know, come on the trips. And I, I guess we can stress that from the outset as well. I mean, there was Phil and Vicky. Um, there was other couples there as well. Uh, and, you know, there was the usual uh, Jill and Charlotte who always come over as well. And they, they always, you know, they're kind of, I don't know, they're, they're packer. They're part of the furniture here in the UK, packers, I guess. And they know their stuff. Um they don't play them in fantasy either they're a nightmare and they kill you every time um, so uh, yeah it's it's great to have them there as well so you know if anyone's sort of apprehensive about bringing the partners but there is an element i think that especially if your partner's not super invested um, and is a massive fan like say jill and charlotte is that you don't have to but to be a i don't know for me anyway to feel like you're a good partner there's an element of babysitting there i guess to go this is rose and you kind of shove her out in front of people and say that's the story and you might find that a game you might explain stuff or you know give them the nuance now joan was there with me this year and there was there, there is an element of that and i enjoy doing it but for some people like you say if this is going to be the trip that you've been waiting for for 20 30 years you know you're probably better off soaking it in to a certain degree depending on what type of holiday you want but um I think that's important anyway to, to discuss at the start. And I think you've given a good depiction of how you felt. Let's get to the trip. You've been to the States before, right? So the Americanisms and the weirdness that is America to an Irishman wasn't out of the blue for you, right? This is all no. stuff that you've seen before. Yeah, although having said that, like I was trying to describe it to one of my friends on a text the other day and I was saying that Green Bay is the most unique atmosphere of an American, and I, I'm using quote marks here, even though you can't see it, but like it's to call it a city. Like Tullamore has, I don't know, a quarter of the amount of people at Green Bay, and Tullamore is not even close to being a city. Yeah, it's the most unique vibe and most unique atmosphere. It, it has everything about it. Has small town until Sunday of game day. It's nuts, isn't it? I mean, to see everybody yeah. go around in the Packers gear really struck me, especially if you're if anyone's lucky enough to go a couple of days before, stay a couple of days after. The, the buzz of the game obviously dies down, but people's lifestyle remains the same. There's Packers, everything. There's babies with Packers yeah. stuff on them. I mean, it's like Green Bay just got sick. I'll tell you what, it'd be something else to be the merch guy who sells Packers oh. gear because to see the amount of money that's draped on people because... And yeah. we'll get to the pro shop now soon, um, Rob, but that stuff is not cheap. <laughs> Dear Jesus <No>. Christ. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, like you say, because people said it to me as well. They're like, oh, why Green Bay? Or what do you find unique about Green Bay? Like would you say, it's parallels to Ireland in the sense that it's it's really green. It's a dairy state. 
um, they're big into their farming. They kind of have that like open door policy. For instance, we stayed with friends that we'd met the year prior, yeah. um, Anne yeah. and Mike uh, Duchenne, which are just amazing people. We went out on the Fox River in Green Bay, the bay itself, on a goddamn boat. I mean, you yeah. know, it's that type of stuff. Um, and there was another guy, Nigel, so he was staying with friends as well. So friends that he'd met, uh, you know, a couple of years prior, he kept in contact and all of a sudden he's in their spare room. Um, yeah. So uh, Hotel J Green Bay is where you stayed. Did you find that central enough for you to be able to get around? And what did you do using that as a base? Were you able to Uber around the place? And what did you see around Green Bay that wasn't Lambeau Field? Well, I couldn't believe that the airport was behind it. It was actually, everyone was saying, there's the airport. And it wasn't until Saturday morning I took out, I went for a little stroll up and down the street we were on. And like it was eight or nine o'clock Saturday morning. There was no cars on the road. It's like a six yeah. lane highway outside the hotel. There was no cars. I was like, what the point in this? And then, <laughs> uh, then it was only walking up past McDonald's that I, that kind of said, "There's the airport. That's mm. like it's smaller than Southampton Airport from what I could see." Yeah. And our, the first drive in was I just videotaped it actually to show it to friends here at home because I wanted to show them like how small town it is. But yet, I don't mean small town in a bad way. It's just it's so picturesque and pretty and everything. Yeah. But uh, Hotel J was three point two miles from Lambo. For me, that was perfect. Um, I'm presuming if we went in anywhere closer to the city, you'd pay an awful lot more. And yet, like an Uber was five minutes. We never waited more than two minutes for an Uber. Yeah. And with the dynamic of the group, you were never on your own in an Uber bar you wanted to be. Um, and it was, I think, $16 was the most we paid. So, I mean, four or five quid. That's the only thing that I would say that if I was going back, I'd be setting up my own Uber account because I didn't have one and I wasn't familiar with it because of where I live in Tullamore. It's not needed. Um so I'd never have it. So that's the only thing I would say to anyone from the Irish side of you is yeah. that to set up your own Uber account so that you make it a little bit easier. You don't feel like you're kind of dragging off one or two of the other guys. But uh, so like three or four quid a go. And I mean, I probably got maybe six or seven Ubers throughout the whole trip because once you went into the Lambo and into the pro shop or into the stadium, view, into the stadium, view, you're kind of, that's where you wanted to be anyway. You didn't want to be running in and out and in and out anyway. Um, so Hotel J for me was perfect. Nice and quiet, far enough out that you can get a good night's sleep because again, the time turnaround is so quick that like the little bit of sleep you do get it's important that you can get a good quiet night's sleep um so yeah from that point of view hotel j is perfect and as well as that i think so speaking of pro tips one of them is to have your own uber account which is nice because and as you say between four people it's like four quid another one oh, yeah. as an irishman um is to get a uk sim so, uh, you know, and again, that's something that can be set up in the WhatsApp group. And it's something that I had just because I needed GPS because there was, you know, a couple of the tours that we went on, I've actually driven the buses. So like, I was sort of thinking, <laughs> if I don't know where I'm going, like I'm goosed. Um, so I got a UK SIM because three in the UK do this freedom only plan. So like you get, you know, all you can eat data even in the US, whereas Ireland, the old paddies, they don't give us the same deal. And I was even I talking to the guy in three. Yeah, it's nuts, isn't it? Yeah, I was, I get that unless I had to connect to Wi-Fi and I hated being that guy walking into somewhere going hello what's your Wi-Fi code <laughs> oh by the way can I also have a coffee uh, yeah, yeah it's uh, it's annoying yeah and that's what I found because I think I got stung the first year as well um, but I never even thought about to mention it to people because we don't have a lot of paddies that come over with us you know we've one or two every year whereas there was a massive sort of paddies contingent and then um, Hotel J Green Bay were never fixed on a hotel every year we were staying at the Radisson for a couple of years and then we went to the Best Western and now Hotel J um, and it seems to be fine. So sometimes there's credence to being closer to, you know, like the Best Western is 
is basically you can see Lambo when you walk outside the door and that was fine uh, but sometimes the prices go astronomical uh, on game day and all the rest and then other times they stay out by the airport because the Radisson is out there and that's where the players stay so some people yeah. like to hot it over there and get autographs but you mentioned Rob the um, heritage tour this that for you what that was a, that was a late booking and then when you did go on that tour what did you make of it I loved it, um, and yet I'm not as uh, into the history of the Packers as maybe you would be. Yeah. But uh, after it, you feel a little bit more invested in it or something. It's hard to describe. But, uh, I have a picture that uh, I've kept of Curly Lambeau's house where he was born, and like, and just when you really see... I just keep telling people the story of the Green Bay Packers, of how many shareholders, how many people are in the city, how many the stadium holds, um, and trying to give people the dynamic of how insane it is that this stadium this franchise operates in this small town and i think the reason I, i'm telling people now since i've come home is because of the trolley tour yeah because it's just like it, there was so much that i didn't know and so much of the the magnitude of what you're actually there to see made more sense having done the trolley tour like you said it in the whatsapp group and you said it to me the day i spoke to you but you said that for, as far as you're concerned that was essential that's something you should do and i'm of the same opinion um, and when I was just before I got on the bus and I was thinking, I wonder is this going to be for me? Because I'm more, say, Brett Favre just before he joined Green Bay onwards as the Packers fan, just because of the way Sky TV started showing it over here. Um, but certainly I, I, that's something that, you know, I'd be putting on every tour itinerary if I was to be running it the next time off for anyone that's on it first time. And even I think the next time I go back, I go on that trolley tour again, mm. you know, because I think you'll learn a little bit more the second time off. Yeah, I wouldn't mind a refresher. Uh, now, if anybody wants to see it in book form, I have the book. It's a hardcover Packers Heritage Trail. It's by Cliff Crystal. Um, so you can actually get the book and, and read through it. Um, now, again, it's it's like one of those things you can pick up and kind of knock a chapter out, you know, in the middle of it or whatever. Someone told, told me, what was it? Uh, it's good toilet reading. And I was like, mm, <laughs> uh, probably wouldn't be promoting that. That's not going to be on the sting on the front cover of your book. Great for in the jacks. Having a poo. It's a, better, it's a better book than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't want to uh, sully it with that type of fragrance. Um, yeah. But yeah, I found that great as well. And I don't know, you see, I wasn't sure whether it was because of, because you know yourself, you can have a good tour guide, a bad tour guide. But the thing is, is like you say, I'm a massive history buff anyway. Um, you know, going back to Roman history, archaeology, all the way through medieval times, I'll literally pick up Pompeii, pick up any history book and I'll just get lost in it. And it's really acquired taste. Because I know when we do the 1919 raffle where we have March items, like we could have Demarius Randall and that would, you know, the slots would sell out for that within 10 minutes, even though he was a bit of a shite hawk. And then we could have <laughs> someone, you know, Jerry Kramer. Now, Jerry Kramer was, was, was quite good, but say Paul Horning, which I'd be like, or Horning, um, I'd be like, oh, geez, I'd jump all over that if I wasn't yeah. running it. But then it's sort of, it's, the you know, it's slower to sell. So you never really know what sort of, uh, you know, pushes people's buttons. Yeah. But I found a Heritage Trail brilliant. Um, what else stands out to you that wasn't game day esque for you, or does anything stand out that you're kind of like, this is not something they tell you about, but this is something that I feel you should know that is a great attraction in Green Bay, be it stadium view or be it some sort of something else that's more formal, uh, you know, a place to eat. Is there anything that kind of stands out in your head to say, do you know what you wouldn't think of it, but here's what you need to do. Um. The one thing I was saying to Rose this evening was that the, again, whether, whether it was just naivety on my part, was that I was unaware that almost everywhere around the stadium is a sports bar. Yeah, I found that weird. I suppose I'm at the age where I go in to have a quiet pint. 
and you don't have quiet points in Green Bay because everybody wants to talk about the game. This was on Friday when we went over. We went into, is it Hinterland, the brewery as well? Like yeah. that's good and loud and it's hopping at six o'clock in the evening, Green Bay time. Um, that was one thing that I found, and when I say weird, I mean it in a good way because everything is just bursting with life the minute you get over there. Um, I don't know. I think when I got to the, I remember getting out with the Uber at the on the Friday evening when we got to the pro shop, and I remember just saying to myself, "Okay, just slow down." So kind of let the day, the evening, and the next few days unfold themselves in front of me, mm-hmm. um, because I think we did it all with the stadium tour, with the trolley tour. Uh, everything was placed perfectly. Yeah. Um, I, and I'm still undecided as to whether I'd like to have done the stadium tour on the Saturday or the Monday. But the only thing is doing it on the Monday, it meant that it was quieter around the area yeah. that we were in. So I think that would have made it a little bit easier for us. Like all the tour guides were so good. All the tour guides were amazing. They couldn't help you enough. They couldn't get enough pictures taken either with you or for you. Um, it, it's hard to describe the welcome. That's one thing that you'll never actually get to understand until you're there. Um, everything about it was just so unique. Uh, some of it was so big and yet some of it was so intimate. Yeah. See, it's great hearing this coming from you because I do feel like I have a different perspective with being involved in running the group. Because like yeah. I would, because what's great for me is, and I don't know if people want this insight, is that I'll be standing there and then all of a sudden someone from the group will smack me and say, Steve, there's a guy called Dave at the fence. He wants to talk to you. And I go, okay. And then I'd go over and it'd be at Dave cushion face 79 or whatever on Twitter. And he'll have spotted that we're there. He'll see the videos and he wants to come over and say, Hey, so then I'll be chatting to him. And it's amazing. And like one of the guys this year was Mike Kartz. He's a listener to the podcast and he, I knew in advance that he was going to be around and we were at the tailgate and he came down to the tailgate with his, his brother and uh, friends and family members and all the rest. And I got a picture with him and it's one of it's pictures like that that I look back at and go, Jesus Christ, that was amazing because it was just yeah. some guy I would have never met in my whole life, different part of the world, uh, but sat there and I could have spoke to him and he's and he's posse, let's call him um, for forever because it's just it just like you say, it's it's the warm welcome that you just can't fathom. And even we went walking around. We So we came out of the tailgate, didn't we? Uh, us, yeah. a, a bunch of paddies and we walked around the normal tailgate. And again, we stopped and did a shot ski and the guy said, oh, you're from the UK and Ireland, Jay. And he was like, don't worry about paying. Usually you shove money into a thing. Initially, he didn't think big, tall Jason was with us. And I think it's because of his height. He expected all (laughs) Irishmen to be at least under five foot. And so he's like, no, no, you have to pay. And you go the next time. And he was like, I'm with them. (laughs) He's like, oh, okay, get in there then. I'm sorry for Joan in that one, by the way, because I mean, I I would fast myself as tall at about six foot tall, but then Jason about six foot seven. (laughs) Where Joan was stuck between the two of us trying to drink at the same height. Yeah, and again, you've got to do two. Um, and as well, yeah. I video evidence too. John can, is convinced she didn't uh, get some spill disease, but there's some definite spillage uh, <laughs> down the down the front. Uh, but I actually that... just think there one thing as well that you said, is there anything that you would do mm. um, when you organised dinner for the 1990 restaurant on the Friday evening when we arrived? That's a must as far as a group. That's a yeah. must. Because although we didn't have a table all together, we were all in the same room. After all doing our own thing when we landed, whether some people went for a beer, some people went for a sleep, some people went to the shop, we all gathered as a group mm. that evening. After being in London as kind of a half a group, which course of a group the night before. And that was lovely because you put faces to all the people that were in the WhatsApp group and you got to shake hands and say hello. And so everyone stayed. That was 
a really good kickstart to the to a, a, an amazing weekend. It's a good point too. And again, there is some reclusive people listening, and they're you know they're withdrawing their uh, deposit on next year's trip already, thinking <laughs> oh, I don't know about all this interaction. But the thing is, there is people that come every year that elect not to be involved and. I'm not going to be bad about it and say, eh, no one cares. But like, no one would begrudge it. No one would. Oh, no. You wouldn't really notice because there, like, there are couples that go and they kind of want to keep to themselves, and that's fine because not everybody is kind of. I guess we're social butterflies in a way, Rob. Right? We you know we flitter yeah. around between people and we love yeah. the chats. There is people like there was one guy always stands out to me, and I don't know if he's a podcast listener, but he'll always stand out. And I, I, he, I don't think he knows this. I'm not about to profess my love, although it does. The build up sounds <laughs> like that. Um, his name is Liberty and uh, just such an interesting guy. And he went and again, he he made it very clear from the beginning. He's not there to to toe the line with anything in particular and not in a way he's like, come on, I'm not going to do your trip. He was coming and he was just like, look, I'm going to have my own experience. Um, I've dreamt about this for decades now. Uh, this is the way I imagine it going. So this is what I want to do. And I'm going to come in and out of the group kind of as I please. Um, and he made no bones about it, which is absolutely yeah. fine. Now, he, he categorically said it, Rob, which was amazing. And um, he sort of yeah. said, like, you know, I'm going to go off. And what he do was is he'd say, right, lads, I'm going to head off. Actually, see you later. And no one said, oh, look, your man's not hanging out with us. He's not part of the crew. It's not. I, I don't know how you felt about it. It's not clicky like that. It's more relaxed no. that you can do as you please. Yeah, and you see, I, that's the thing. I I've, I found that like you, as a group, you found the two or three people that wanted to do what you wanted to do at any one point in time. Mm. So you kind of do. I was probably with two or three guys maybe all weekend, but there was always somebody different. And I'm sure someone said, "Well, got there's Robert now. I haven't seen him all day." Or there's Stephen now. I haven't seen him all day. But you you found the people that you wanted to do what you wanted to do with, and you went with them. Alternatively, it wouldn't have bothered me if no one wanted to do where I if no one wanted to go where I wanted to go that day. I would have just gone myself as well, and I wouldn't have felt like I was annoying anyone or offending anyone either. It was just it was that perfect dynamic of freedom to do what you want, but at the same time you can do it with loads of people that are doing are, are like minded and want to do it in the same way. Because that's a worry, you know. Because I often think, uh, as as a host anyway, what if someone uh, goes over? Uh, they don't particularly want to be lumped in with a bunch of people, but they don't want to be left on their own. And what if they want yeah. to do the trolley tour, but no one else wants to do it? And then they don't do it because they're like, well, I'm not doing it on my own, like a weirdo, you know? Um, yeah. But at least from what you're saying anyway, that's not the vibe that you got. It's certainly not the vibe that I get. I guess, that, you know, the, the other consideration that I have, again, we're getting a nice dynamic here, I think, is because, and I wonder the people especially that aren't Irish, think we sound the same. That's also what I want to know. Uh, let us know. <laughs> I'd say not. I think I was told a lot that my accent was thicker than everyone else's. You see, you think that, and then all of a sudden someone hears an English person talking, they're like, sounds the same. And you're like, one's Cornwall, and one is from <laughs> London, who's been trained by the BBC. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, you see, this is the thing. I go off on a tangent then about accents, and we start cracking a few gags, and I forget where the hell I am. So that's the thing. You mentioned it there about the stadium tour. So there's the trolley tour, which is going around on that bus. And then it's the stadium tour, which is actually going into Lambeau Field, being brought around the suites. What I find weird about the Lambeau tour, and I don't know if this strikes you, but it strikes me every year. You know, we, and this is what happens. We, I can choose and to elect to do the tour before the game or after the game. We've done it both. And what I find was is that game day, I find, now, again, I want to hear what you feel about it. I find um, that game day is more impactful if you haven't been, if you don't break the light down into the stadium and see all the people sit there. I would find that 
the stadium tour might take away from seeing Lambo in all its glory because you're seeing an empty stadium with no game day life. I don't know, Rob, how do you feel about it? Would you have preferred to do the tour and been okay to see empty seats or would you have preferred to do it as we did it where go to the game and then go on the Sunday and then Monday morning do the stadium tour? Any preference? I'm, I'm still undecided because I haven't had it, say, both ways yet. And I think I had it in my head we were going to do it on the Saturday. Yeah. The flip side of it was when I was in around the atrium on the Saturday and I seen the amount of people that were there, I was a little bit like, oh God, I'm glad I'm not doing a tour today because there's too many people around for comfort. Even going in out of the pro shop, having been there on the Friday, I was uh, picking my moments going out of the pro shop on the Saturday because of the amount of people that were around. And it wasn't that it was congestion upon congestion. It was just, I felt a little bit more intimate on the Monday. So from the crowd point of view, definitely I preferred it on the Monday. The other side of it was, I was expecting to be a little bit more be it, I don't know, choked up or emotional when I saw Lambo the first time, regardless whether it was on game day or mm. whether it was on the stadium tour, simply because it wasn't something that I thought I'd get to do for a long time. And a long time ago, I probably thought I'd never get to see it. So when I did walk out and I was in a seat on my own and I went into the stadium on my own. So when I did actually walk out and see Lambo in the sunshine with the players warming up and all the seats filling up around me, I certainly had a I don't know, it was kind of one of those wow, look where I am moments and the hairs are standing on the back of my neck and whatever. And certainly at that stage, I was glad that I was doing it with an atmosphere around me and not an empty feeling of an echo. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, and that's kind of what I suspected. Now, again, I don't know, because the thing is, you only get, uh, you know, the second second first impression, like you only get <laughs> one first impression. So I guess once we do it that way that's the only way you know so i don't know yeah. and again like and again i'll pick your brain um a little bit later as to is there a second trip on the cards or how you'd prefer to do it but i always felt that that was the case because i i don't know i didn't want to let people down by they come in and look at the stadium and go oh great and then they see it on game day and it just because what always struck me about lambo was is from all of the years especially in-depth covering the team and banging out podcasts and articles and radio stuff and you know and then Finally, all of that falls away and then you you see the light because that, that's the yeah. weird thing about Lambo that people, well, I'm going to say, that's the weird thing that people don't know. I don't know if people don't know this because it's one of those things, <laughs> people in exams always, how do you know that? Have you spoken to someone who did the exam? No, you just assume that's the case. But with Lambo is that it's dug into the ground. So there's a certain portion of the stadium that, that dips down, which is so unique because you come in from... Um, what do they call that? Uh, it's not the well. I guess it's an atrium, but Jesus Christ, what do they call that sort of thoroughfare around the stadium before you enter it? There's definitely a name. Oh on it. yeah, I, I know. It's like the Wembley Way type of yeah. Like have a Wembley as well. Yeah. Well, it's basically where all the tailgating happens and whatnot. The car yeah. parks and the car parks. But when you go, you go up the steps into Lambo and then you sort of hit it at the ground level. But once you break yeah. the light into the stadium, you don't just come in at ground level where the field is. No matter yeah. where you enter, not unless you're actually running through the tunnel, you're looking down onto the field, which means yeah, that there's, you know, so there's not a bad seat in the house. And I just, that first moment for me was like, oh dear. And it was goosebump stuff. Um, I don't think I cried <laughs> if I did not saying it on the podcast. Um, so yeah. to, to break it and look at it. Um, so the game day atmosphere then, Rob, so you were on your own because you'd upgraded your ticket. Did you mind yeah. the fact that you were on your own and did you interact with people around you? And what was the actual game itself like, that experience? I, that was probably my biggest uh, query with yourself and with Ben over and back. And it was probably the thing I was annoying you most on was 
how many have upgraded, how many haven't, where will I be sitting, where might I be sitting? This was the back and forth. This is in my mind because I was thinking, for one, it's my first trip, so I don't know when my second trip will be, mm. hopefully next year or the year after. But um, and I say that hoping Green Bay will play London next year. <laughs> but um, I, my fear with the getting the upgrade was that I would be on my own. And the other t- side I was thinking was that, well, if I don't upgrade it, am I up in the gods and not able to see the game properly? Mm. I wanted to see the game from side level view. That was my thing because I, I, I've been to Wembley for some of the NFL games. So I went, I was on my own as on the 45 yard line. So it was perfect seats but there was no one around me I knew everybody there was a couple of Raiders fans and then everyone else was Green Bay fan and I mean I was made people were welcoming me in straight away of course I wore an Ireland flag into the stadium <laughs> that was a good iceberg um, and I walked into my seat holding two beers not one um, <laughs> so they so confirmed your Irish identity straight away yeah. but no everyone was so nice around I mean I not only high fives and be it pats on the back and everyone to chat and it was yeah it was undescribable like the welcome that you got in the stadium and then game day itself the game was I don't know I could be wrong I could be looking at it through roasting glasses but I think it's the best that we have played in Lambo in I would say three or four years yeah um, and it could be longer because um, I feel that that game that we lost in Seattle uh, years ago when we threw it back I don't think that Green Bay the, that Green Bay side was ever the same so I think it needed this season with changes and everything to mould into where it appears to be going I was still very nervous because I'm still not sure if I trust where we are with that team at the minute, even though their record is amazing. Um, so I had a huge level of apprehension. And someone said to me, you know, going over, said, do they have to win for this trip to be amazing? And I said, no, I'm going to do something that I never thought I'd get to do. Yeah. But to see the performance then um, surrounded in a bunch of strangers who made me feel like I was one of them, um, it was brilliant. You know, everyone was shaking and giving you kind of uh, some sort of a semi-hug when they were all leaving saying goodbye. Um, as well so like the welcome wasn't just oh you're here it was like sorry you're leaving yeah it was it was an amazing trip I have to say every every year it always surprises me because I'm like is this the year that like people start punching each other for no reason you know it's this year that people don't get along because it's just been like I don't know it's like been winning the lotto every year everybody gets along everybody has a fantastic trip obviously there's an awful lot that goes into trying to facilitate that but it all comes down to to the personalities that are there, how people get along. And we've never had a year where there's anything even remotely hairy where, you know, two lads don't get along or people, because that's the thing, like you say, like, you know, a beer in each hand, you go in. I'm not a big drinker at all, but, um, you know, contrary to popular belief again, but when I go (laughs) over, even the last couple of trips, I haven't, it's not as if it gets boozy and leery and people are, you know, slamming shots, but there is a lot of drink taken. And the thing is, is this year was probably the, the most I've drank on any of the tours. Um, and again, a lot of drink taken, but people tend to sway and be happy than decide to, yeah, to have a bust really, up, which is nice. To be fair as well, like, I mean, I was definitely of the, like, I think I had four or five beers throughout the game. So I was definitely the one that was having a few more than anybody else. Like, I think most people have one or two. Like, the occasion is the game. Yeah. The occasion is what's on the pitch. I mean, that's glaringly obvious once you're there. All eyes are on the stadium. While it's when I've been in Wembley before, and it's understandable while you're in Wembley because you might be a Packers fan watching two teams that you don't root for. So you sit there and kind of treat it a little like a giant TV screen and just go, cool, I can come in and out with this and have a beer. <laughs> but while it's in the stadium, it's what's going on in the pitch is the most important thing. And that's very obvious from the people as well. Um, one thing that I found from game day, and I was saying this to my wife this evening, because we're still talking about the trip, obviously. Uh, <laughs> I thought that when I went, I'd get the itch 
you know, it would be scratched and it would kind of diminish a little bit. But having been on this trip, I'm more looking forward to my next one. Yeah. You know, I know you probably have a you have a, you have that maybe later on in the podcast. I'm not sure, but and and that's uh, that feeling comes from game day, from mm. the atmosphere of the stadium. I can't wait to go back again. Yeah, and it doesn't go, Rob. To be honest, because like, you know, I've been on the so I have my record is is four and zero going on trips. Well, four and one, I guess, because the first one I couldn't go on because we were buying the house. Um, yeah. and I know that that's documented that the bank manager's like yeah probably not a great idea Steve so uh, yeah I've went on four and I feel like yeah it's the same now obviously the first time you, you break the light and you look at the stadium and you see it all and you see what goes on but I find every time I go back I find something new and the trip being like three three and a half four days it's never long enough to do what you need to do but I, I don't know I've had people go over and you know they get a couple of days on each side and they still say that they find stuff to do and the the trip you know moves from football to food or football to beer or football yeah. to like leaving to go somewhere else or doing something different um but yeah it never gets old i can certainly say that and again what i would say to people is is especially as an irishman so if we got now again you you might be able to give me the cost on it because i've never uh committed to it myself properly i've i've been over once but for you to get tickets to wembley uh, or to get season tickets to buy a hotel in london every time to get public transport in London, which is just insanity, the price of food and beer and everything else. If you lump all of that in together for one of those Wembley or Tottenham games, you wouldn't be shy off the trip or a lot, like, a lot, let's just, maybe that's an exaggeration, but a ton of cash. And instead of spending it on that, and if you're not banking on the Packers coming to London, well then why not book a trip to Green Bay instead of blowing all that money? I don't know how you, I don't know if you feel the same way or you yeah, have some tallies. I would, um, I would like I probably would have gone to one of the London games this year if it wasn't for going to the Packers game. Hmm. Um, um, it probably is a, it's I'd say it's still a good bit more expensive, but then you see when you go to Green Bay, you're probably going to allow yourself to do a little bit more, like get the stadium upgrade or go on the tours and spend a little bit more in the pro shop. While as when I'm going to London, I'm going for the game, um, and I know a good few people will fly in and out on the on the morning of and the evening out of the game or whatever as well. So it, it probably can be done cheaper, but it's nothing like the same experience. I mean, if you were going to do it where you're going to spend two or three days in London, flying over from Ireland and spend a few quid on different merch and so on, and your cost, I would be a hundred percent saying no. Book a trip, go to Green Bay. Over over going to a generic uh, NFL game that you're not invested in because it's there's nothing like it without a doubt I just I guess I just don't understand that. and it's the same whole adage of if there was a London team which it's supporters I think it's it's a unanimous no uh, for most of the people that I talk to and I'm sure you feel the same as long as if you're going to switch from the Packers to like the London you know like who cares and again I guess there's just to shed some light and maybe to round it out so we watched the game fantastic um, had the fifth quarter it went into overtime and stadium view and off we went. And then the next day, it's good to hit the pro shop on the Monday because, as you say, Saturday is just insane. And, of course, we had a... So there was stuff behind the scenes to have Mark Murphy come down and meet us. Um, and, again, he's the president of a multi-billion dollar company. Um, so, team. And off he goes and he was out of the building so he couldn't meet us. So, anyway, he eventually came down. He had other engagements. So he came down um, and chatted to us. And... I don't know about I don't know how you felt about that, Rob. I, I always like meeting him because I think he's totally non BS. He's still got that Irish streak of say it how it is, um and all the rest. So it was it was nice for him to be able to give us some insights that you don't get uh, anywhere else. And the media will spin you a certain thing, especially in the States, um, whereas we were to hear from the horse's mouth and I I just find him very enlightening every time I talk to him. 
Yeah, he's definitely a man. He's one of those guys you'd love to get into. Like, you'd love to be able to say to him, can we get you to sit down? Mm. Here's, you know, coffee, whatever. Can we ask you, you know, 150 yeah. questions in the next hour? <laughs> you know, because I, I, I don't think he'd stop giving you the information. No. He was so open and forthcoming. And, like, it was lovely even afterwards. He, he made a beeline for yourself afterwards to say, hi, Steve, thanks for setting this up. And um, he made sure he shook hands with everyone when he came out. He said hello to everybody. The word hurt me. He was a lovely, warm man. Lovely way to to end the trip, I have to say. And it, like it wasn't going to make or break the trip, but it was certainly a lovely way to finish it because he made like I don't know whether it's a good president, uh, whether it's of a company or of a country, can do the same. To kind of mm. to do make you feel a little bit warmer about what you've just experienced or whatever. It was really cool to see him. Yeah, because one thing that struck me from doing the Jason Wilde podcast, and again, if anyone listens to the Mark Murphy podcast, you can go back and, and listen to him because I do go into some sort of evergreen stuff talking about his career and how he ended up where he did. But one thing about the Jason Wilde thing was is that how much information that these guys have that we don't have, that we assume yeah. we know, that we don't know. And it's kind of, mm-hmm. it must be funny for them, Rob, you know, to, yeah, absolutely. to look at us and, well, not us specifically, but more so people in the media. Because again, there wasn't, wasn't there that trope of like, he doesn't know what he's talking about, he's not a football guy. And then they forget that he was a safety for the Redskins, yeah. uh, represented the players for, uh, you know, the whole contract negotiations and all the rest. This guy has a deeper knowledge than like most. Um, and it's just, I find that really funny. And he must look at us. and Because one of the things we asked him, right, was about the London games, how that, because that's what I said to him. Can you explain to us how it works? Now, we said it on the podcast, but I even saw a tweet um, this week. It was like two days ago where someone was like, oh, yeah, well, the Packers don't care about coming over because of blah, blah, blah. And you're yeah. like, on, we heard it from the horses about exactly why they haven't come yeah. over and the challenges there, you know. There was even another lovely minute from him as well when it was, um, I think yourself, myself, and a couple of others had asked him about uh, Matt Lafleur joining and what way the communication works so someone else asked him about the communication works between Matt and Brian Goodikins and himself and whatever um, but he broke down that like he, he he broke down the way that he now looked at they had to change from the way it was operating under Mike McCarthy mm. they had to change the whole dynamic but he broke it down in two or three sentences and I kind of went back on well that actually makes perfect sense now I know we've had such a great start as you know to the season that you forget that they've broken down all the old structures, built up new ones. Mm. And he did it because it's the way that it's all operating now. They've reacted to the way every other team is behaving or all the good successful teams are behaving. But he just broke it down in such simple terms that kind of went, actually, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So you can see why he's running a multi-billion dollar company because he doesn't use, you know, 10 sentences when two will do. Yeah. I mean, a simple way of making something seem simple if that makes sense to, the, to anyone listening unlike us rob we've explained a trip over to the states that took three days and it's nearly an hour now. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that but i no, don't know what i mean to say as well just the the highlight i had one thing again just symptomatic of the people of green bay and wisconsin was the young man that i met outside the stadium i know um i was telling you about him oh yeah uh, yeah yeah the young man in the wheelchair um Jacob was his name. I'm not sure of his age. He was maybe eight, between the ages of eight and twelve, I would say. And his mum and his grandmum were there, and they were hanging out watching for the players. I, I was, I managed to meet uh, John Gruden, got a high five off him, hmm. and uh, then went around because I stayed on very late in the stadium just to try and soak in as much atmosphere as I could. And when I came around the corner, I didn't realise that I was coming over to. Packers players would be leaving and Aaron Rodgers and Bakhtiari and Mason Crosby were all outstanding having a chat and then Aaron Jones came out and he signed a few things for people and um, that was another thing actually we did the autograph thing on the Saturday which was very good as well but um, 
after Aaron Jones had been and gone, a lot of the crowd, which was only maybe 30 or 40 people, had scattered away. So it was five or six people standing there. And I was just standing, having a look around, enjoying where it was. And I turned around and uh, Mike Petten was standing behind me. And so I just threw my Ireland scarf in under the, in between the rails and said, would you mind saying it? And he was obviously, again, fascinated that we'd come over from Ireland. Yeah. So with the, after that, I got speaking to this young man in the wheelchair and his mum and his grandmum were so nice. He didn't have great speech. Um, so we got down and we were chatting and whatever. But then Matt Lafleur came out and Matt's wife came over to the railings and asked. There was only five or six people there to anyone that signed. So I actually had given this young Jacob my scarf and then took it back off him and said, I'm going to get Matt to sign it for you. Yeah. So Matt took a few things, unfurled the scarf, signed it underneath where Mike Petten had signed it. His wife brought it back over. I would then down chatting Jacob, giving him the scarf, wrapping it around him. Uh, and when I think about it now, the poor scarf was probably had a couple of beers spilled on it as well. <laughs> but with that, Matt Lafleur looked over and uh, he was standing talking to, I don't know, it looked like there was about maybe 10 or 15 people he was holding court with. But he just broke away from them all and came over and uh, spoke and got down in his hunkers and spoke to Jacob and his mum and grandmum through the fence and signed the wheelchair that they had asked him to sign. And he was just so nice. And that was a lovely few minutes for myself to see at the end of the trip, you know, having come all the way over. Um, just, again, meet two, three lovely people, Jacob and his mum and his grandmum, and then to see the way Matt Lafleur reacted to them as well. Um, it was lovely. That was a really good end to what was an amazing day on the Sunday. And of course the show as well, Rob, like, I mean... Ever in a million years, could you even invent that story? You know what I mean? Could oh. you imagine that happening before you went? No, not a fear. But, and like I have, he signed my Aaron Rogers jersey. Um, and it's one I want to put in a frame. And I, corny as this is going to sound. But I don't want to put it in the frame because is the Green Bay head coach. But it was because of the few minutes that kind of wrapped around that experience of getting mm. signed. Yeah. And that was kind of everything that was the trip for myself. Like everything was encapsulated in those few minutes there. The friendliness of the people, the warm of the uh, the local the locals, and then just the way that the team seems to be part of the community as well. That they didn't seem above reproach to come over and have a chat with people at the fence and sign what they needed to sign. But when they saw something particularly special, they recognised it and came over and um, you know just embraced what they could see around them. It was lovely. Well, there you go. look, I don't think we can say anymore. Uh, I think that sort of encapsulates exactly what the whole trip was about. Um, you know, meeting new people, having new experiences, being blindsided by stuff that you wouldn't have even expected. You know, you kind of see the itinerary and you go, you know, great dinner before, head out, get the autograph session yeah. on the Saturday game and that's it. But then it's the little bits in between that you do be yeah. shocked by. We haven't even gone on about how overwhelming the pro shop is, but I think... With the length of this episode and by how in-depth <laughs> it was, I think this nearly needs to be warranted as being the, you know, 2019 trip special to sort of recap exactly <laughs> what we did. And especially coming from your perspective, I think whatever about me waffling on, I think to come from your perspective and how you felt about it um, was great. And for all of the Americans who like her Irish brogue, uh, there's a bit of brogues in there for you as well. Which I do feel like I've left out quite a lot, I will say as well. Yeah, it's mad. Yeah, I feel like I, you know, I could have a, a billion other questions that I want to sort of pick your brain on. But again, um, if if anyone likes uh, the sound of Rob's voice, Rob, where can people get you online? Are you a big social media buff? Uh, I'm not really, no, to be honest with you. I don't even know what my Twitter name is. There you go. I mean, this is how pure Rob is on this thing. He's not even <laughs> in it for self-promotion. Um, yeah. But if you like his brogue, maybe, Rob, you can come on and we can break down some analysis on a couple of these podcasts and do some pre- and post-game analysis. How does that sound? Yeah, 
absolutely I'd love it because uh, any chance to get to talk about the Packers we'll do so there you go so if anyone wants to hear people now for some Americans we sound the same but you can just pretend it's me <laughs> doing a podcast on my own and we won't even reveal that the reason po- uh, you know Rob doesn't have social media is because me and Rob are the same person and it's just me doing a funny voice um, so I guess uh, that's going to wrap up uh, yeah the, the episode let's say but Mr. Rob Hogan it was great having you on buddy and we'll speak to you soon thanks many for having me on and to all the guys that were on the trip thanks for the hospitality I can't wait to meet you all again go Pat go